For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your hunk this time. Actually, I almost said chunk, but it's hunk for me. Hunk. I'm Doge, and before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes and a lot of chunks. Mm, I'm Carter and... It's still chunks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. David Harbour. I mean, uh, that's not who we're... We're not talking about a movie yet. Oh man. What a catch. Hey, why are you the hunk? Yeah, I got new glasses. So we're talking about a movie this week. No. You <laughs> got tell us you, more. That tells you how our week has been. The thing to beat was new glasses and nobody so could how, beat it. How, <laughs> what was your life like before those new glasses? Pretty much the same. Okay. My prescription did not change very much. In fact, these glasses are shaped slightly different. So I am still getting over the first few days of new glasses motion sickness. Yeah. Okay. See, that's like something. This is content. This is podcast. You know, your How's peripheral that motion vision. You? Yeah. It's like things move differently. So I'm still getting past that. It's better now than it okay. was the last couple of days, but it's still, it doesn't feel like I'm wearing my glasses yet. Yep. Um, so I'm getting used to that. It's tough. A bit. It's tough, you know. And they're they're clear frames, so I can see like more light. I don't know. It's weird. It's different. Mm. It's I different. got new a new prescription in January, and that was a new contact prescription as well. Oh yeah. And I had the new contact motion sickness, and you can't escape that. Oh, I've I've never gotten it from this, contacts. I was in this vortex of motion sickness. I didn't even know that weird. was a thing. I usually Carter, only you, get it from the lenses. Carter, are your eyes good? Yes. That sucks. Lucky. You serious? Yeah. I'm about one more notch up on my prescription from having to pay money so that my glasses lenses are not Coke bottles. <laughs> like if I, they basically were like, okay, so um, you can go ahead and do it for this one if you want just to shave them down a little bit. But if your prescription goes up any strength, uh, we're probably going to have to tack on an extra like $60 fee in order to shave them down and make you special lenses um, or else they won't fit in the frames of the glasses anymore. And I was you're like, oh, that's very, cool. Your very bad eyes need a lot of love and attention. Yeah. My right contact is as thick as it can be without being like basically a smarty. <laughs> and so I'm in exactly that same boat. Yeah, it's really, it's cool, man. Like, it's cool to be blind. <laughs> when you're a kid, go play outside. Don't spend all your time looking at screens, watching movies, playing games. Otherwise, your eyes will be bad. But here's the counter argument to that. It's pretty fun to watch things and play them. It is. So, that, is that sounds like a good time. So, I mean, really, that's why I'm the hunk. is because I've ruined myself. 
okay, I'm getting a thumbs up from the judges. They're saying we can go on. That's enough time talking about it. We could talk. We we did it. We did it. Okay, great. So this week, great. This week is a it's a standalone episode between Summer of Love and um, our uh, Olympics Carter's Choice series. Uh, But I'll tell you what, this movie's pretty athletic, and I love it. So it's the perfect bridge uh, between. The two. Do you series. think spying will ever become an Olympic sport? Because if so, we that could wreck on this so indoor series. Sick. Well, it, it has been, just nobody knows. Oh, I that was the perfect answer. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, no, that was good. That was really good. There's not even a joke to make. It was just perfect. There's nothing funny here. It's <laughs> There's just no really joke good. because it's like, yeah, you're right. Actually, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that good is, job. You know what? I you got it. Sense. So the the three tenets of comedy are be unexpected. Yes, and. And absolutely slam dunk at home so hard that there's nothing else to say. I think are the three. <laughs> That's how you win it, Tenets of being funny. And we did a great job there. Um, we did well. We are going to talk about this movie. And this movie is a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it is known as Black, Black Widow. Widow. Doge, give me a synopsis. Please. Sorry, please. Hey, please. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> this week's synopsis. This week's synopsis has no author and no motivation. This the synopsis says a film about Natasha Romanoff and her quest between the films Civil War and Infinity War. All right, sounds good. Right. I can give you another one. I can give you another one. This one was written by Top Measure. Top Measure says in Marvel Studios' action-packed spy thriller Black Widow. Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Mm. All right, guys. Can I get my super dump out of the way right Ooh, now? All right. Dump on so her. that this is the lens. This is, I mean, we talked a lot about lenses today. Maybe that was strategic. This is the <laughs> lens through which I watched this movie. Sure. My super dump is that this is too little too late. Okay. I am completely in disbelief that Marvel chose to make and release this movie even a year ago when it was supposed to come out. This kind of vibe is not really what these movies are anymore. Um, and like the whole thing feels like Scarlet, I'm so sorry that we didn't give you your solo film before we killed your character off. Let's just (laughs) crap this one out real quick. Uh, I, this is maybe the first time in a long time that I've been bored in a Marvel movie. Uh, I just like, we, we talked a little bit in our Loki episode yesterday about how most of the reason that these movies exist for like, is the hype culture. And that can be hugely helpful and elevate mediocre movies to must-see status. Um, I think of things like Iron Man 3. It's pretty mediocre, but the fact that it's a direct sequel to The Avengers and a direct prequel to about 30 other movies makes it sort of a must-see. And the fact that we've released this prequel that's sort of standalone, unmoored from the continuity of the meta-narrative aside for one five-minute post credit scene has completely eliminated any sort of must-see status for this movie and lets a mediocre action superhero movie just be a mediocre action superhero movie, which I think is probably the the great weakness of that hype culture vibe with these movies. So my super dump is why. Now that that's out of the way, 
that's sort of the lens through which I viewed this movie. I'm, I'm probably sure. a little bit less. I know you guys pretty well. I'm probably going to be a little bit less favorable than y'all on on this particular flick. Sure. I, I think, think I. Ooh. Oh, I was just going to say ooh. worth worth a convo. If this movie was the one that came out before Captain America: Civil War, what is the differential on like how well, many movies it is it passing? Out. I think uh, it has to come out after Civil War. Why? Because it takes place after Civil War. Did you mean before? It takes after place Infinity during War? Civil War. It takes place immediately after Civil War. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> after Natasha Civil is, War. Natasha is on yes. the run after uh, the events of Civil War. My bad. My bad. Yes. If it happens after Civil War, like immediately after Civil War, yeah. how like is it passing movies on your ranking of MCU movies? Yeah. It's it's much better. I think it came out of the yeah. wrong time. Like the whole thing to me Just feels timing. like. Yeah, we killed Nat in Endgame. And we're like, oh, crap. Like her entire destiny, her entire story is about having her fate decided by powerful men. And we just sort of let Hawkeye decide her fate. You know what I mean? Like they're, right. the way that she was eliminated in Endgame was not awesome. And it feels like Marvel, outside of the frame of the movie, was like, dang, we really should have given her a solo movie. And so I had to invent this whole story right now. Yeah. We should have given Black Widow a solo movie and it should have been what released... Instead of Ant-Man and the Wasp between Infinity War and Endgame, mm -hmm. like that movie is great, but I would trade a Black Widow solo movie for that one. And it should have been Natasha in the five years between Infinity War and Endgame when she was leading the Avengers. Yeah. That to me, that's your solo movie. I don't, this stuff like doesn't super duper matter except as a very long way to set up Yelena as the next Black Widow in the Thunderbolts or whatever, whatever yeah. Elaine is putting together. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The the one things I will disagree with, and we'll have more time to talk about it, is it didn't feel like a mediocre action movie to me. I think there were a lot of big set pieces that I ended up enjoying that we'll get to. I will say though, in a similar sentiment, my super dump is actually our post credit mid credit scene. Yeah. Uh, even though that is seems to be, I mean, my super dump is that that was the important thing about all of this. Yeah. And so it felt like it completely pushed away and diluted what was clearly uh, supposed to be perceived as the point of the movie in the first place was to be like, because if it is a scenario where it's, and it likely is, we saw too that Scarlett Johansson is one of the producers for this movie. Yeah. So if it She's is a scenario, she's been pushing for this saying, for like a decade, man. That sucks. It does suck. So if if it is the point is to finally give her her movie, the credit scene tells me actually it's not her movie. The credit yeah. scene is this is uh, Yelena's intro movie. Yep. Packaged in uh, a lot of uh, sorry, Scarlet, which is really unfortunate um, because Florence Pugh is my super pump because mm. she I think she is the best thing about this movie. Uh, and I can't help but it be like, um, and it, it, I think she did it with with quite an ease. It wasn't yeah. like I have to I have to really turn it up because I'm about to be yeah. the guy. It was like she just kind of naturally was the best thing about the movie to me. But yeah, we're we're doing a lot up here at the top. Super pumps and super dumps flying left and right. I was planning on um, talking about my super dump right out of the gate. Um, but a lot of a lot of people are doing that. I hear these days. My my it's a real popular pump. trend in podcasting. My super pump has also already been mentioned, so I'm really torn here. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start right here by saying this, Doge. I mostly agree with you. Okay. Um, I do think that this. When we left the thing, I said to Callie in the car, 
Um, and it's kind of what I said about what if yesterday in our Loki episode is just like, you know, it was enjoyable. I'm not usually going to be sad about more Marvel unless it's Thor to the Dark World. And I, I just think that um, it's like, okay, so? <laughs> like, yep. the, the, at no point was I concerned about uh, Natasha because I've seen her die. So I know that yeah. she doesn't die here. Um, I know that she doesn't get horribly disfigured or end up with some weird limp. Like we've watched her do her thing. So like there's no stake whatsoever for her here. Yeah. Um, at no point was I worried about Yelena because there's no way they're getting Florence Pugh for just one movie. Right. Um, I might have I might have been concerned about Rachel Weiss if she was ever put in any real danger at any point. Like, yeah, there were no stakes. There was never a stake in this movie to me. It was just like let's do some fun stuff, and it did do some fun stuff. And and for that, I say thanks. Tip of the hat to you. But yeah, I, <laughs> I mostly agree with you, Doge. I yeah. think that I definitely view the movie more favorably than you do. It seems like, um, but I absolutely struggled with the like, so? Well, it's hard, right? Because there's not only no physical stakes, but like Natasha's arc is over. You know, for right. better or worse, like Natasha was this character who was introduced, mysterious past, she's ashamed of it. And so her goal that she has to overcome is, I am more than my past. Right. And we've given her that arc already. Like we've watched her yeah. through particularly Winter Soldier and civil war, and like, civil war, yeah, exactly. Like she's had that full arc, and her her development, though it was too little at the time, it's already done. And so yeah. now we're kind of it's it's sort of the same way that uh, I was thinking about this while we were watching the movie. Actually, it's sort of the same way that Temple of Doom, being a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, breaks Raiders of the Lost Ark because right. Indy's whole journey in Raiders is to understand what faith is, that it's more than just academic understanding, but there's something that happens and you have to not look at the arc because it's a power we can understand. And so he repeats that arc in Temple of Doom with the Sankara stones, except now he's learned this lesson once and then has to relearn it again in the right. chronology of the story. And so we just, we keep arcing Natasha through the same circle over and over again. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I mostly agree with you. I do. I'm going to talk about my super dump now because this was a harder hurdle for me to leap than even that. Okay. And my super dump is I don't know the actual runtime of it, um, like looking at it, but my super dump is roughly the first 45 minutes of this movie ish. Yeah. Um, pretty much everything from like it starting up until they decide to go rescue Alexi. Once they decided they were going to go pull Alexi out of that gulag. I was in and it was an yeah. uphill movie from that point. Like I enjoyed every, virtually every segment of the movie more than the one before it all the way to the end from that point on. Yeah. Um, but the first 45 minutes were so jumbled and scrambled. Like it, the pacing was weird. It was hard to follow. And I'm saying that as somebody who like feels like they know a decent amount about <laughs> Marvel. And, you know, this was not the first time I had... Um, watched a Marvel movie or or known anything about this stuff, it, at least it, to some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I just had such a hard time keeping up and um following what was going on. Um even even down to some like born series esque camera movement that made it hard for me to even <laughs> it grok what much, was happening on the screen. Very much felt like Marvel's answer to the born movies. At the beginning, for sure. Um, yeah. And the the first confrontation with Yelena as adults, the fight was really cool in the apartment, but I could hardly tell what was happening, <laughs> uh, which made me feel old. 
And everything, yeah, man, it was just like, they're introducing so many new concepts and characters so rapidly with no time to breathe. It felt like the first time, I, I started to like it a lot more when um, Yelena and Natasha were in the car talking about her vest. And it felt like, oh, this is the first time we've had a sit down conversation between two characters in this movie. Right. Felt like I could breathe. But yeah, about the time they go to get Alexi is when I was like, oh, I'm in. This is great. Um, but yeah, the first, I don't know, what, what would you call that? 45, 50 minutes? Yeah. Were really tough for me. Also, it was pacing I weird, did yeah. not like opening credits. <laughs> yeah, that was strange. Can we talk about that for a second? I don't like it. Yeah, that was really strange. It felt very much like, well, Bond movies do this. So it felt I, like 2003, five, right? Yeah. That's what I mean by this movie. Like, this is just not what, like, this is the best superhero movie of 2006. It's like, we just, yeah. this is just not what these really are anymore. And that's okay. I mean, Marvel's movies did start to all sort of feel the same leading sure. up to Endgame. They've all got this house style where they're all sort of Guardians of the Galaxy. And so this is definitely not that, but it's like, oh, it's what you were doing yeah. 15 years ago. Is, right. Is there, does some kind of mortality scale have anything to do with it? Because, you know, 95% of it outside of the Red Guardian is mortal. You know, sure, we're not just regular flying, we're not yeah. magic. We're I not don't think that was it for robots. me. I don't no, think that was it for me. Okay. Um, I think that for me, a lot of it had to do with style and stakes. Hmm. Do you think this is better as a TV show? Um, no. I don't know. Yeah, I've been wondering know. that I, I because wondering I'm that. I'm way more interested and way more enjoying Loki than I was this. Because that feels more like what, like Marvel movies now, this is the meta narrative is this big sci fi fantasy story. And so this felt most similar in tone to like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so I, I yeah. just, yeah. It, it just feels like a, the worst part of all of it for me is it just, I think it's going to continue to feel like a slight to Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, exactly. And because when you look at the rest of the lineup of the movies, how fantastical, how, you know, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, Immortals. Eternals. That's just the, it, Eternals. Sorry, Eternals. That's just that's just 2021. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, what a bummer. But I ask about the mortality rate thing too, because I think we did have a conversation about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Had a little bit of that for me. There's something about I can't help but compare it to things that have come before. Yeah. Uh, or things that are like this could be a CBS show. Yeah. Right, <laughs> totally. uh, like a, yeah. like a major network show, and that's tough because I really do think there are some fun, fanfare, fantastic moments. I love the avalanche coming into the yeah, place really and fun. them having to get out of that. That was like a uh, sometimes when uh, it was almost at when Bond is at its best. It's not yeah. quite there, yeah. Um, but there saying. were moments you can't help when you're in that realm of the. Still ridiculous because there is a difference, right, between Bond and the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> right, there's and a more seriousness about it. When, which is weird, to when say, this movie but. was funny, I thought the jokes were actually funny and didn't feel like ham-fisted or forced in. Yeah. The jokes were great. We needed way more current day, and I say current day. I know that the MCU line timeline is effed up, but way more of like all of them in their current state. The four family members. Yeah. Yep way more interactions yep. with them because when they're at Melina's home with the pigs, yeah, that might be the best 15 to 20 minutes of the entire movie. It's so good. Is their interactions with it. When we had, when we had Harbor and Pew 
in the bedroom together and he's trying Singing to be a American dad. Singing American Pie. And he yeah. still can't, but then he's sweet, right? Dude, and so it's so it's good. Just like, d- d- let's they talk were about great. David the cast, for a second. The casting was great. I think the casting was almost my super pump were it not for even amidst the casting of these, you know, yep. 75% of our characters are new yep. in terms of our protagonists. Florence still manages to be the best part of that, but yeah. it wasn't by a landslide. I think David Harbour was incredibly charming. David Harbour like, was so good. Like nothing I've seen before. So yeah, it was, they were great. David Harbour great. in the gulag talking about fighting Captain America was hilarious. His interactions with the family, putting the suit back on was all so funny. Yelena making fun of Natasha for the way she always lands and flips her hair back. Yeah. Very meta, very funny. When she tries to do it, he's like, don't like it. Nope. Yep. <laughs> so good. I, 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 yeah, I thought the the family element was really, really well done. Really fun. Rachel Weiss is fantastic always. Um, yeah, I thought it was all very interesting. I, I do, I will say, so very close to my super dump. It wasn't my super dump, but very close was the absolute waste of Taskmaster. Um, ta- so I I am in on, uh, what's her name? Olga Kurilenko. Kur- Kurilenko. Kur- yeah, speaking of James Bond. Yeah. All, for Quantum of Solace, right? All about Kurilenko as Taskmaster. I think that's great. I think that's fine. Just Taskmaster didn't do anything in this movie. Like Taskmaster was on screen for like four and a half minutes. Taskmaster's my super pump. (laughs) Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Taskmaster is the most unlike other Marvel villains that we've seen. Uh, And I get that she wasn't the big bad. I think this is a cool interpretation of Taskmaster. It is. I'm not worried about her being the big bad, by the way. Yeah. Far and away, like one of the, one of the most significant departures in terms of, of villains from the comics that Marvel's ever made. Yeah. I mean, it's on par with the Mandarin reveal and Iron Man 3. Still Um, cool though. Still cool though. Like there was the moment where like, this is the closest a superhero movie villain has ever come to T-1000 for me. Yeah. And I love T-1000. Yeah. And so Taskmaster was to me the most interesting idea in this movie that I wish they'd spent a little bit more time with. But the 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 mimicking was so fun. That was awesome. Like when we could look and see, okay, she's copying Black Panther or she's copying right. Spider Man. There's a the kick Spider Man. Yeah, and yeah. The, even the slide down the building was how Spider Man lands on uh, Thanos's ship. Yeah, but right. it, that like, that stuff is so cool, and that's a yeah. thing that you can't do ten years ago. Right, you have right. to have that's this true. decade that's of storytelling. So to me, that's the most interesting thing going on in this movie. I, I agree. I, what I, I was just disappointed that <clears throat> she was on screen for four and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I appreciate too about Taskmaster's abilities and stuff is it wasn't spoon-fed. It was right. like, did you catch that? Like there, some of yeah. that stuff was really well, subtle. until it was. I think if you had, <laughs> right, until, well, if you look away for a second, you you get the Black Panther thing is two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of having the claws come out and stuff, but that was yeah. great. Now you know, the obvious cool. are like, yeah, Captain America having the shield. Hawkeye, Talk about, obviously, like, with the bow if, and arrow. If we're on Olympics here, can Taskmaster t- chunk that shield further than Cap? I mean, there was some, there <laughs> some was distance. some distance. It feels, some shield, real it feels distance. like smaller and more dense. Yes. It's like it would hurt more. I, um, I think when we're talking about Taskmaster 2, the action, like the filming of the action in this and the realism of it, made me realize how bad the choreography is in Loki. Yeah. yeah how much I like yeah. Loki better than this, yeah. but this was this was like a, oh, yeah. okay. The fight choreography this, was dope in this movie. This is a film. I see. So yeah. it's like, yeah, the, the moments too. Another thing that was almost my super dump, or sorry, almost my super pump was, you know, when we have our primarily 
like of, of all the butt kicking, the largest percentage is done by women. Totally. And it is not girl fighting. No. You know, yeah. you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's not what Hollywood has had. Completely. It's like, go for the hair, scratch, like things like that. It was like, well, a, and it, it wasn't was even like the a, like, it wasn't even the like, everything's very like weirdly leggy and sensual no. during, like it was like, they intense. got the, they got the crap beat out of them. Yeah. Like yeah. bad. I thought that was awesome. And it's also fun too, even though it's like, hey, you don't really need to make her seem realistic to us. She's an Avenger. But seeing the bruises and stuff is yeah. valuable. I think it's good to see. Dude, when she they're smacks not just her face up, on that human. desk. Oh, yeah, to go ahead and sever the nerve. That moment, I was like, dang, Natasha is bad, dude. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, I want more of that in this movie. I think that is the kind of stuff where like the difference between her and even Yelena at the beginning should be like, Nat will go all the way to get it done. Like that was bad to the bone, that yeah. scene. I loved it. Yep. I loved it. I loved the reveal of not the mask so much. Um, that was like, oh, nice. But the the reveal that they had planned kind of the whole thing out in, what's her name? Melina? Yeah. yeah, in her. Like, there's, there, and there's thing. a level of realism to that too, if that's what you've been ingrained to do your whole life. So totally. It's like in an in, in an espionage thriller, you get to pull stuff off like that. Oh, that's why sure. the best things about Mission Impossible are like, okay, cool, I get it. This 100. is how you think. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, think yeah. I think that's all great. Um, and you guys I think both Mission Impossible boys? I've not seen any time. of those. Big time. How does They're this so compare? Um, it both is and isn't the same. It's it's yeah. large scale like Mission Impossible, but Mission Impossible. Um, Mission Impossible is a little more like stunt heavy, which makes it yeah, fun. Yeah. This is a little more story driven and character driven. They're, di- they're different I, enough. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like there's there was just something that kept me from being like, oh, this is Marvel. Marvel's back. You know what I mean? And I, I'm wondering. I don't if even it's think that- Marvel would say that this is Marvel's return to theaters. I think this was a delayed. Oh, they've movie been hyping was- it up as that. I know, I know, but I think this was a delayed movie that was supposed to come out a while ago. And I think Shang Chi yeah. is the real first. Shang Chi is really Marvel's back. That's how I feel. And that's gonna yeah. So and because this was this is the first of the first movie of Phase Four, is it not? No, no. Spider Man, Spider Man, uh, Far From Home. Was. No, they tagged that as the end of phase three. Oh, really? I think that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, was technically seems, the end of phase three. It seems even more weird for this to launch yeah, off. That's why that's why I bring yeah. it up. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of it's a, it's like a the the 10 minutes we take out of the Oscar ceremony for the in memoriam. Right. <laughs> and there's at least right. one person on there that you're like, you didn't even play it. That's a why didn't you play a you didn't play a prince song? Yeah. You didn't play a prince song? <laughs> okay. All right. Well. He'll have his moment at the Grammys. You know, it's like, yeah, it's 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 it is interesting, and um, yeah. Even though there's a lot of things that we poo poo on, I know we're not going to lose anybody because I think a lot of people feel the same way about this movie. And this is just what that maybe the thing that's more baffling to me is thirty installments in, Feige and the MCU need to know that the, this is the lens. Yeah. This is how everyone's going to look at this stuff. Yeah, they don't get because to be surprised have, by anybody viewing it this because way. Because you yeah. have done so well, right? There's like art collectors in the world. And it, you could like, if, if I'm pointing to a piece on the wall that I'm really proud of, and it's an artist that you know, but you don't recognize the artwork, that's a little like a bummer for me. Yeah, I want you to walk in and be like, oh, is that Van Gogh? Like, well, yeah. The, he had a period though where he was kind of doing his own thing. That's still him though. He signed yeah. it. You see where he signed it? Yeah. That's still a Van Gogh. It's like, okay, nobody's going to. The resale value is low. Yeah. 
Because you got, if I got to tell you it's Van Gogh, you're not going to buy it. Right. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I think the thing with, first of all, I do want to say that by about halfway through the movie, I was like, okay, so Taskmaster's definitely that dude's daughter, like for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. Um, saw that one coming. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. Just saw it coming. No, yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, but I, I do, I wish that sort of the conceit of the movie, the, hey, here's the reasons we're upset at this guy. He stole our childhood and our choice from us when we were young. He's very dangerous to the entire world and he's still doing it to all these young women. I wish we had stated that earlier in the yeah. movie so that I had a convincing reason why it's like, we got to go kill this dude. Because for maybe and I missed something or maybe it's something I should have known from something else. But when they were like, I guess we got to go kill him. I was like, all you know right now is that he sent Taskmaster after you. You don't really know what the whole thing is. Yeah. Yeah, I think they know that there was some, some uh, that he was the ringleader for the widows. For right? sure. They knew no, at least definitely. that much. And it did, it did look like a shocker to see how much. I think she did not know how massive his influence was. But I was. think Florence yeah. Pugh brings up, I think Yelena brings up a really great point when she's like, why didn't you roll in here with Iron Man and Thor and just mess this dude up and set all the widows free if you knew he was still around doing this stuff? I mean, and well, she especially said she because she well, said she thought he was dead. Well, we've seen the period of the, of the Avengers when all they were doing was being government cleanup. Right. Right? Like around the age of Ultron time, they were just going around mopping up Hydra dudes. You know what I mean? So like, why wouldn't they go take care of this particularly nasty now, guy? Again, I want to say, I, I heard the part of the movie where Nat specifically says she thought he was dead. So I, I can understand that part. That feels hand wavy though. That feels like we included that because we knew the audience would be like, the same thing we were asking in 2013 wait, how come the Avengers aren't helping with this? And like, right. that's a question that we've written ourselves out of having to answer by creatively raising the stakes in all the movies since then. And we just return to yeah. that, that world of like, why aren't the Avengers helping? Right. Or why didn't they help? Because now the answer is because they don't exist anymore. But right. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Whereas, yeah, it can, it can also be a, why don't you have help? It's like, because I'm in a timeline outside of anybody's recognition. Sure. Exactly. Well, and I, I understand why the Avengers aren't helping about. now in this movie because they're split and in jail right. and whatever. But I'm just saying before that, Gillian's point of like, they? why didn't you ever roll up with Cap yeah. and Hulk and just smash this dude? Call it a day. Yeah. Yep. Well, and we're already seeing that with the Eternals. People are asking like, why didn't you, especially in a trailer where they're talking about yeah. the Avengers. So they're yeah. going to, they are, they already have to, Make up for that. Tell us it, why. The thing is with the Eternals, though, it feels like the trailer is begging you to ask that question so they can slam dunk the answer home. Listen, I have, I never have been so all over the place with a movie. There's a strange level of confidence I have in that movie, and it's all the players, dude. It's yeah. Chloe. I think, I think with with our uh, with our director and like the people that are involved in it, I'm not worried. Yeah, about something yeah. that I know nothing about. Right? I'm forgetting <laughs> that we get strong Kumail in this, and I'm very excited to watch yes. strong Kumail. Boom, sign him up. Boom, 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 mail. I don't know, man. That's all what? I got. He's like an boom. alpha Kumail, like boom, like explosion, boom. Like they're both good. They're both good answers. Like they're it both exploded. good answers. While we're talking about the king of the widows, um, I think it was accidentally nasty that the way Natasha beat her uh, or like triumphed over her abuser is by enduring more pain than he thought she could. That I think can get sort of nasty. And I think it was unintentional. And that's probably a, a less than charitable read of that situation. 
But that's there's something that was while I was watching, I was like, oh, this is a little nasty. Like she doesn't win by holding on to the humanity by resisting, like him trying to strip her humanity. She wins by being able to take more pain and to take more physical punishment than he was willing to give her. It's just, I don't know. I think there was maybe a less gross way, yeah. probably a less gross way to interpret that. I think, and also yeah, a less I, gross didn't, way to I didn't get it. that read at all, actually. Yeah. yeah. My, my read was she got to rub it in his face that he just literally wasn't strong enough. Yeah. My read like was that could, she was just he could not. able to outsmart him. She was just like, yeah. yeah, I'll break my nose. Let's do this. Yep. I don't know. It felt... It, from I my perspective, that, it felt empowering that in that moment she got to be like, yeah, I'll take a little more pain to take this dude. To-. It didn't feel like it was um, demeaning or like, uh, I think sometimes those moments can feel like it's still like some weird sexual power dynamic. And I didn't feel yeah. that from that. It felt like yeah. Nat, by her own choice, smashed her nose so that she couldn't get the pheromones to the receptor and was like, let's Certainly. do this. I thought the yeah. pheromones were a little dumb too. That I also thought the pheromones like were a little deep, dumb. Deep conditioning, deep in her brain. The pheromones, the pheromones thing dumb. is uh, very early James Bond to me. Like very like, yeah. ah, but you see, the thing you didn't foresee happening is that I have been smelling unpunchable. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I don't smell pun- punchy. The, That's the, a non-punchy smell. The two best smells are you can't punch me and let's go to shout announcements. Oh, boom, crash. I just superhero landed on the ground. I flipped my hair back. Welcome to the shout announcements. The part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. I want to give a shout out uh, to our Patreon Discord channel. Uh, those of you on the Patreon Discord channel, you already you already know it's nothing but love. But for those that aren't a part of it, we got... Uh, we we just received such a, a compliment that I've just been riding high on for like 48 hours straight now at this point. Um and that's not to be like, come on Discord and compliment us, but just like the power that Discord has to make my day is so intense and magical um, <laughs> that I, I I I wasn't joking. My response said that I was going to internalize the compliment and, pre- and pretend it was uh, about me as a person and not just the podcast. And I did that and it made me feel very good. It's a trick I've learned called lying to yourself and it's great. <laughs> uh, but the thing about Patreon is that we've got two tiers. And let me tell you a little bit about it. The first tier gets you access to bonus episodes. And by the way, that that is coming. We have not forgotten about our promise for um, Back to the Future. Uh, that is on its way. Um, and also, it gets you access to an extra vote. That's right. In any poll-based series we do. And uh, if you've been paying attention, uh, that, that was just two in a row, I believe, that you got to have some pretty major influence on two series in a row. So I mean, it, it changed movies that we for watched. Bo- for mm-hmm. both series. It pretty dramatically changed the series itself. So uh, that is important. But then the, the the next tier gets you access to our patron only Discord server, uh, where we talk about movies. We're talking about Loki. We're talking about trailers. We're talking about everything. Carter has a channel he's running called Fives, where he's just asking for top fives. I think we need a new fives today. Yeah. Okay. I think we need a fives today. I love fives. I can do that. That's some of my favorite stuff. Um, so we yeah, we could just post that. a picture of fives from the Clone Wars in there. You could do that. One of my fave. One of my fave. One of my favy faves. Just drop him it's right true. in there. Uh, so you could uh, you could jump on that Discord at any point if you're just willing to hop on over to Patreon. We would love to have you. Seriously, it's it's growing in some really cool ways. If that all sounds like too much work, and trust me, it's a lot of work. It's worth it, but it's a lot of work. If you're looking for something low commitment, low stakes, easy breezy, beautiful, then you could leave us a rating and a review uh, on the Apple Podcast Store. 
That's a huge and important and valuable way to help us out and help our show reach new listeners and new audiences and new ear new frontiers, new ear holes. The new we can reach the very limit of human hearing, and that's our goal. Reviews are one of the big parts of that algorithm that get us up the charts. Mm, yes. I was doing some research recently. We talked about this over in Discord, but there was a time when we were the eleventh highest, like like the 11th most popular film review podcast in the United States. And a lot of that has to do It was for about an hour and 45 minutes. Reviewing. And we just need you guys <laughs> to help us crack the top 10. We yep. continue to be kings of Zimbabwe. Mm. Yes. Uh, but it's time to bring it over home, bring it to the States. Are we big and in Zimbabwe for real? Is that one we're of We're number one. Yeah. We we're number one for a I while love in Zimbabwe. That, that is yeah. so sick. I wanted yeah. to, we, I wish we so capitalized sick. on that. We should have made a mug that said uh, it's, it's a long Zimbabwe to the top if you want to rock and roll. Stop. So good. You know, there's still really a chance. Powerful. There's a pretty good chance that somebody just VPN'd. Yeah. But I don't care. I didn't think about that until right now. I don't so care. Just I'm going to delete that from the episode because that makes me something. <laughs> no, I don't out. care. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> Olympics, Carter's choice. Mm. It's mm. exciting to have this power. Cardi's Chocho. Um, so next week, to kick off Olympics, we are going to have our archery. We're going to be honoring archery. Mm. It was in the second Olympiad. Why, why can't it be a part of the very first Olympics? So Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, excited to watch that, that was, by the way. Do what? I'm excited to watch it. I know. Neither of y'all have even seen it. And y'all get to come nope. to me constantly. We've listened to the yeah, soundtrack about 10,000 times. We've seen Yes, we definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have. Uh, and so that was our kind of fun, like, hey, let's be really loose with the rules. But now it's time to do something that is very legitimately about competition. Uh, it's very legitimately about something that you see in the Olympics uh, year in and year out when we have those in our Summer Olympics. Uh, very legitimately about 1984, two hours and six minutes, rated PG. They call it the Karate Kid. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the OG yes. Karate Kid joined Carter-san, Jordan-san, and Doge-san as we'll talk about that. So that'll be week Dude, two. So yeah. week one, we have Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Week two, uh, we have... Karate Kid, Miyagi. <laughs> Man, it is, it is. you know, it's funny. I, I listen to a lot of movie review podcasts and it, it that is almost a rite of passage randomly, but not. <laughs> the Karate <laughs> Kid it is? it is a classic. Interesting. Yeah, to yeah. do Karate Kid. And so- I intentionally uh, avoid I'm, all movie review podcasts. So I'm glad one of us is keeping up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. And so that'll be week two. So it's a hot start to the Olympics. Dang, well, I guess yeah, it's time very to put, to put these shout announcements in a body bag, Johnny. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. My super pump is Florence Pugh. We already talked about her, but I was just going to wait on it. She's the best part about this movie. And uh, yeah. even if this whole movie was just some sort of like underhanded way just to introduce Florence Pugh into the MCU, the MCPU, if you will, I'm down. Um, she's good in everything. And uh, she so effortlessly fits into the MCU. Yeah. Like it yeah. just, it was like a glove. Um, David Harbour well, was great, but Florence Pugh, just her humor, her attitude, the whole obsession with yes. the vest. She was 
perfect, yeah. dude. And she's so yes. different from Nat that it's not just going to feel like, okay, we killed Nat and we kind of want to bring Nat back. So let's just bring Yelena in. Like she, they're yeah. very different personalities. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a great point. And she is such a good fit for the MCU. MCU. I think she's a great fit for the Avengers. That's why I'm like, I, the Thunderbolts thing is clearly going to happen. Yeah. There's at least a strong offer there. But I want to see her interact because we, there has not yet, because I think we don't even call a lot of our great and charismatic female leads aren't Avengers. Yeah. Right. Carol Danvers, uh, uh, Gamora, right? Like anytime we actually have a real fun uh, uh, Shuri, right? Like none of these are actual members of the Avengers. I'm ready for it to have someone. You know how badly I want to see. Uh, Thor and Yelena jaw at each other. Dude, big <laughs> yeah. time. Like, how fun would that be? Because she's not going to take it. Like, ScarJo had that, right? Like, she had that to an extent, but there's something about, like, doesn't care. And really funny, I think the moment, I think we're going to look back at, uh, in terms of unlocking something about the persona of Yelena's character, like, the moment we really got to really see her be funny was when she's mimicking, and I love the callback to it, but when she's mocking the poses. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's like, you know, when you do the, uh, and like everyone gets to just kind of laugh at it because that's something that is familiar in the MCU too. Totally. Is we do have some of these callbacks to things that didn't work or things that are kind of kitschy. Right, yeah. It gets to make fun of itself. Um, and yeah, I think, but obviously I all agree. Of that, that super pumped. But then for me, her standout scene was just singing American Pie with David Harbour. Like she's- yeah. She's such a she's great an actress, yeah. Actor, man. Like she like that's this is what's tough though. Here's where we slight Scarjo. Scarjo is far more decorated. Not oh, just for because sure. she's older. For sure. Far more decorated by the Academy. I don't want to say that I think that one is better. I'm just excited for Florence. I'm not to saying be you here. are. I'm just saying this was something that happened to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there we go. That's an actor. But then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. The MCU has put such a lens on Black Widow, to be honest. It felt like the first two or three installments were gross. Yeah, she was just yeah. she was Sex a leather. Yeah. She was a close-up leather butt. Yeah, yep. And that was so stupid because even then, she is known for you know some of the poo-poo reviews about Black Widow were saying like, hey, we have ScarJo in this out-of-body experience role of like under the skin among many of these things that she does that are just these really niche Angelica film center type movies and the lead for Midsummer. Right. And so it's like we have these way out there and they're in blockbuster movies. And it's fun that we get to do that, that they get to both be there. But one of them is being curated, one of them is being taken care of. And the other one is recovering and it's too late. And that's what's such a bummer because she is so talented. And, um, yeah, she, she gets the room too. Like she also has moments that are incredibly emotive. This is the most emotive she's been because she's got the whole screen. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she's not just cold anymore. Like there's something behind some of that negativity, some of that quietness, some of that sternness, but yeah, Pew, Pew is getting a, a much more thoughtful runway. Yeah. And I'm I happy agree. for her. So that, I'm really that brings up a good, good point, point about, about ScarJo. Would you guys say like looking back, she first appeared in Iron Man 2 in 2010. That was 11 years ago. It would yeah. have been 10 years if this movie. So really her experience in the MCU was a decade. Yeah. Would you say that over that decade she was utilized well? Or is it closer to wasted than utilized well? 
it's almost a 50-50 split for me because of, I think that she really starts to shine in Winter Soldier and then you've got Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. She's really good. Yeah. Um, I think that just her first couple of introductions, the MCU still didn't understand the value at its own fingertips maybe. Yeah, I think she needed way more time. I think Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, was at her best interacting with Steve Rogers. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Felt like two sides of the same un- coin. Yeah, and because most of her time was spent with Hawkeye. and I like her I'm with trying, Jeremy Renner. I think they are fun I together. I do too. I do too, but I don't think he allowed much depth for her. That's why, That's fair. you know, as awful and as heart-wrenching it was to get the Soul Stone in Endgame, this felt kind of new to see them this intense with each other, right? Yeah. We got we kind of sped it up towards the end. You know, it's like, I think the evolution of Black Widow was, oh, okay, so this Bond girl is sticking around. We don't usually see that. Bond yeah. girls kind of just come and they're pretty and they So maybe she dates the Hulk? Come back. I don't know. What does she do now? Yeah. yeah I love so she her do? relationship with Banner, dude. It should have just been that. I didn't need it to bounce around. I, di- I didn't want to ever think that, oh, it's the only girl. Right. Yeah. So right. we can't decide who is going to help her have an identity. Right. It's like, oh, shoot. No, 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 no. What if her identity is is just her? We need to do a movie for her. What's up, 2021? Right. You know, it's like, bleh. Yeah. 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 I'm with you there. I'm definitely with you there. I didn't think about that, the the treatment of Florence Pugh versus the treatment of Scarlett Johansson. and Because they knew better. No, they no, knew better. Let, let me yeah, say well, they're this. Giving, they're giving her <laughs> material. They're giving her stuff to yeah. do. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of both sides of my mouth here. I am glad that Yelena is being treated as a fully fledged oh, character. Sure. It is a bummer yes. that it is in a farewell movie to the one who had to pave the way for her to do that. That's what it is. It's yeah. the paving of the way that doesn't feel fair. Yeah, but yeah. my guess is ScarJo is proud to have paved that way. It is unfortunate that she had to in the first place. For sure. And I don't. I want to be very clear that. If it came across that way, my intention was never to poo-poo on ScarJo, but instead no, just no, to I say never thought Florence, you did. great job. No, no, no. I'm sorry if you thought yeah. I, I thought. No, that. I, I, did not, I love not ScarJo. I think she's an incredible. Well, I'm sorry if you guys. Actor. I'm sorry if you're sorry that I thought yeah. I was sorry for it. For sure. And if we're all and sorry I to, for it, then I even need to be sorry for you being sorry of us being sorry. Well, yeah. I, Adam anyway. just texted me and said he'd like to apologize for the way that we're sorry about like all the stuff. Adam just texted me a YouTube link called Breaking My Silence. Why you should know I'm really sorry. So I'll watch that later. <laughs> this episode's over. Oh, it's a Rickroll, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> be serious for once. Uh, <laughs> and in the moments. And so I, I think something that would have made this a really bad experience for me is what's fortunate is we do still get some of the bread and butter MCU stuff. Totally. And it, I think it is worth talking about. Uh, with the fighting Marvel while falling universe. through the air, perhaps? I mean, fighting while falling through the air. Yeah, that was good. Bread and butter. I honestly, y'all, I think one of the pillars, I, I don't know how many pillars we could create here, but one of them has to be humor. Totally. That's the that's a special thing uh, about the MCU. Thank you, and I think the moments too, uh, it felt like a surrogate for that really was David harbor a lot of the times for yeah. him to be able to grab them and be like you were this you've killed the most you were the best young assassin of did all did anybody time. get and no ho have, hank vibes from that scene yeah, you completely. have killed so many people to get it your resume is dripping with blood you know it's, it's like this is something worth being happy about here's what's unfortunate 
I couldn't get Gru out of my head a lot of the times yeah. too, which is interesting. Very Gru voice, really. I think when the when when okay. Red Room blew up in my head, I was like knocked over. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> dang it, no! Like just so mad about that. <laughs> Um, like when, yeah, when he's fighting, the, I did think it was weird that part where he was fighting Taskmaster and he was like light bulb. I thought that was bro. Yeah, he went, he broke that dude's hand in the arm Oof. wrestling. That cracked me up. I was like, and then that, <laughs> oh! that dude was like banana, you know. And I was like, oh, oh come stop. on, yeah, yeah, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, the humor was there and it was great. It was. And I needed I needed way more because Rachel Weisz also feels like she was underutilized. This yeah. is oh someone else gosh. who is a killer on the screen most of the time. Yeah. I'm thinking of her in The Favorite. Yeah. And then she kind of gets kind of a little, I'm glad it was her. I'm also glad they kind of went out and got somebody, even for those smaller roles. It's something I appreciate. Yeah. Um, if I don't I clearly, get more I clearly, <laughs> information on why Alexi is so confident he fought Captain America, I'm going to lose my mind. Was he just, is that Tales Out of School? Is that how big my, check out how big this fish was that I caught one time? Yeah, no, it's Or does he that. genuinely believe he fought a Captain America? Was he fighting Isaiah Bradley at some point? Was he fight, like, what was going on? I think he's telling, I think he's telling tales. Dude, but he seems, genuinely, he seems so sure of it. I don't know, man. I would I love know. to find out that he fought Isaiah Bradley during the Cold War or something like that. Maybe he fought Bucky or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it felt like there was like a lack of a connection to the larger Marvel world as well in this to me. It felt like a like a little weirdly isolated in a way our movies haven't been in a while. Yeah. Outside of just talking about it. Outside of yeah, just, we reference Hydra and we reference the God from space, but it felt like, like that's the kind of stuff we used to do in like Daredevil, where it was like, we're not allowed to talk about this stuff. It's like, you could do that. Like, well, I guarantee you, if you had said, hey, we need you, Chris Evans, grow your beard again. We need you to get off the plane and tell Nat we're going to go look for the rest of the Avengers. He would have done it. Yeah. You know, like th there's no reason, <laughs> there's no reason for this to be as isolated and insular as it is. The other yeah. thing I didn't think I'd, about until right now, like at no point was Stark technology, did Tony ever come in and be like, there's like a big floating fortress that's cloaked inside of a cloud. Should any of us check that out real quick? Just, just to make sure it's cool. Yeah. 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 I think on the flip side of that ask, which makes complete sense, is, you know, ScarJo's spent her whole MCU career. Playing second fiddle to those guys, exactly. With those guys. Yeah. So I think to not have them in there at all in in the flesh, I mean, too little too late again, right? Yeah. But That's why this movie, if you want to make it so standalone, widow-centric, has to take place during the blip. Like it has oh, to yeah. be. It has to be. Like what you're saying, years. while she's running the… Yeah. While she's I'm leading in. the Avengers, how is that not the movie I'm that in. you make? How is it not, I'm hey… The guy who was in charge, we found out there's a bunch of widows. Somebody just kicked the anthill. All these widows are coming out. And the guy who was controlling them got snapped. So they have no directions. They're killing everybody. You've got to go stop all the widows. That's great. And I know we've said this before. Um, it's really easy to armchair quarterback that stuff. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. But I, I, know, I know we've mentioned this exactly before. But I just want to say again, with Florence, with Rachel Weiss, with with. Uh, even Olga with, for the little screen time she got and how cool I think Taskmaster is as a concept. Like MCU is already doing it, but let me just say as an MCU fan, blow it out of the water. Women and people of color everywhere. Let's do this. I want to see the MCU look like the real world. Like I, I'm excited that it seems like we are just not only, not only are we not shying away from it, but almost that we are like intentionally looking for any 
opportunity or chance to cast a woman or cast a person of color as a role. And I am here for it. With two exceptions, uh, three if you count Black Widow, we've spent the last decade telling white male stories. Right. So anything fresh is definitely welcome. Yeah. Uh, Did you see what Angela Bassett said about Black Panther scripts? No. No. She's seen five. What? Like rewrites? Like five have come across her desk? Wanda for Wakanda forever? No, no, no. She's she's seen like plans for… People are saying she like let it slip that that like it is a five movie series. Whoa! Like she has seen like four more. Wow! Oh, that makes me so sad and also happy. Like yeah. I know it's wild. The fact wow. that there's there's a very real possibility that we're gonna get to a point where Black Panther has been played more by somebody who's not Chadwick Boseman. I know. Also, what if uh, like literally the show that could also be a place to get Killmonger back in? Like maybe we can actually get him in. Not to be Black Panther, but to be back in Wakanda. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Anything's possible in the multiverse. That's what they always, Anything's possible. That's what they always say at church camp. Anything's possible if you just believe in the You're multiverse. You're not going to catch Jordan being sad if we find a way to squeeze Michael B. Jordan back onto the silver screen. I'll never complain about that. Isn't he like unlocked to play Valzad or something? I don't know what that is. That's Black Superman. Not Idris Elba from Hobbs and Shaw. Actual for <laughs> real for real Black Superman. Is he really? Oh. Uh, I he's mean, been double, heavily double rumored dip, for dude. that because the next, I mean, the J.J. Abrams Superman is black Superman, so it's probably Valzad. You know what would be great is if instead of that, everybody just came and did some Marvel movies and we just stopped <laughs> making DC movies for a while, let it take a break. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I say that, but the 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 Matt uh, Reeves Batman can be pretty tight, I think. Yeah. Also, if we're talking about DC movies, I'm I'm excited about the Jim Gunn. Yeah, Suicide Squad. James Gunn Suicide Squad. Speaking of that, fun. and Idris actually, Silva. that trailer looked pretty great. It does look pretty yes. fun. I was yeah. shocked by how good that trailer looked. I am kind of interested in that. I take it back. I'm an idiot. Don't listen to my things. <laughs> it's time to rate this movie, and the way we're going to do that is with science. The scientific cinema scale was cooked up right here in our very own two chunks and a hung test kitchen. It is perfect, and it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. By that poster. That was all one breath for your boy. Been working wow. on my breath support. Don't worry about it. The next best Great. thing we can say is buy it. That's followed by rent it. And then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I legitimately feel like, so it is a rent for me right now. I think it's a rent and it's a, relatively middle tier low rent for me. I think I would have heavily considered it a buy if this was released uh, after Civil War. I think if if this comes at a place, can you imagine what it means? So there's some context to it that's important is what you're saying? Well, if we lose, yeah, if we lose Natasha. After we've spent all this time with her. Like lose, lose. She's one of the ones that we're just not bringing, like actually bringing back into the universe. Uh, after seeing a movie like this, a standalone movie, then yeah, she's one of the OG yeah. Avengers, right? Like, come on. But it's a rent, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm also going to rent it. Um, I, I think I'm kind of with you. It was just sort of, for a Marvel movie, it was, it's in there in the middle. It's it's in there somewhere with like Thor 1, Guardians 2, um, you know, like just sort of Iron Man 3, like the ones that it's like, it's fine. It's pretty good. It's it's an Ant Man Ant Man and the Wasp situation, for me. I think, 
Um, and I, I did like it and I'm never sad about more Marvel, but um, yeah, it just, it fell short in a couple ways, whether it was contextually just where it sits within the universe or just um, as an end product in general. I mean, my super dump was the first 45 minutes. That's about a full third of this movie. So, <laughs> I mean, a full third of it was like all, almost unwatchable for me. I don't know if I stated correctly how disappointed I was in the first 45 minutes. It was hard it was to watch impossible. for me. The pacing was impossible there. Um, but yeah, uh, so it, it's a rent. This is the lowest a stream can be without being a forget it hmm. for me. I think if we talked for another 20 minutes, I would talk myself into a forget it. I probably won't watch it again um, because it really is not at all part of the ongoing meta narrative until we get to the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, but the whole time I was watching, I could not separate. Like, Marvel, you've drug your feet, drug your feet, drug your feet. You're afraid to make movies with a woman as the lead, and so you don't let ScarJo make her Black Widow movie until now. You finally let her make it, and it's this. This is what you say. Okay, we're going to honor your decade of involvement with our franchise with this. That's like kind of unacceptable to me. It's just like, how yeah. how do I not feel slighted on behalf of Scarlett Johansson? But yeah, yeah this is a very low stream for me. This this I think this installment, maybe more than any other MCU movie, is going to have a weird life because I think we're going to have several more movies where Pew keeps killing it yeah. and keeps doing really well. And it's going to be a lot of people who maybe haven't seen, they're like looking just for more floor, more Yelena. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, basically her intro, you know, is it going to kind of get rewritten again? How hard are they going to fight that? I don't think they're going to fight it too hard. Yeah. Because I think if, if if it ends up being 10 years from now that this was Yelena's kickoff. That gives this movie a reason think, to exist. Yeah. I think the MCU is okay with that too. Yeah. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. I'm <laughs> interested to see how this lives in popular consciousness. Because like with, even with like non-Avengers movies, even with Doctor Strange or even with Spider-Man Far From Home, like there's a certain amount of conversation about it that is necessarily revolving around what happens next. Can you believe they did this? Can you believe they did this? I have no idea where it's going from here. There's a lot of room to theorize and a lot of cool things set up and teased. And this one, like the conversation's been had by the movie itself. Like we don't need to wonder what does Nat do next because we know she goes and dies. Like the only, the only thing that can sustain any kind of conversation for any length of time is how long until we see Yelena and Elaine again? Taskmaster. Yeah. I think it would be a shame if we never see um, Alexi again. Well, anybody that got on that jet could come yeah, back. Sure. Anybody. But that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the only kind of conversation. Right. And that is not, that doesn't in any way affect the universe. You know what I mean? That's all, the only conversation is around characters we just met. And so that is, to me, that is Marvel playing directly against its strengths of yeah. years and years of interlocking narratives. I think we have to assume that Yelena was blipped. I guess, yeah. For her age to make sense. Well, we didn't even reference the blip. That's the other thing is like, I don't, this is just such a bizarre time to set this movie in when we don't like, we don't want to directly reference Infinity War or Endgame, even though Endgame is the highest grossing movie of all time. Like, <laughs> It didn't feel like they didn't want to reference it. It felt like they couldn't because it was a prequel. Right. So don't make this set in that time. That's what right. I'm saying. Right. Is like, do anything you can to connect it to the highest grossing movie of all time that sure. you also made. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm into that. 
Well, yeah. I want to know how much I want to know how much Scar Joe got paid for. That. Did you hear my voice? Because <laughs> wow, because in the end, like if she got the bag, if they were like, hey, two mil, yeah, I don't know. If it's like just a crazy thing, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, it feels a little bit of a. Did you say two right, mil? Mm-hmm. Is that a lot for a Marvel for the lead in a Marvel movie? Oh, I don't know. Or I really don't know. I mean, that's because I get it's paid tough. per episode. What do you guys? Yeah, paid? that's true. Because the outlier, four. the outlier is RDJ. Yeah. And he knows it. Yeah. And he's really good at negotiating. I think he was getting like 10 per yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. Or more. I don't know. <laughs> to end, oh, wait. Olympics, Carter's Choice starts next week. Robin Hood. It's going to be great. You know it. Uh, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name. And if we had Taskmaster's abilities, what would we mimic first? For two chunks in a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I would watch, learn, and mimic Gordon Ramsay's ability to make any food look delicious. He's incredible. I'm Doge, and one thing that I understand is the value of building an interlocking narrative, something that Marvel used to understand and then forgot how to do with Black Widow. And so in the interest of building an interlocking narrative, I'm going it's to more build off a conversation. I know. In the interest of building an interlocking narrative, I'm going to build off a conversation I had last week in our episode about Crazy Rich Asians where I said that I loved watching people make dumplings because I'm bad at it. And if I was Taskmaster, I would watch every person in the world make dumplings so I would get very good at putting the baby in the tortilla and folding the tortilla around the baby or if whatever. If you combined all of them, wouldn't you just end up really average? Ooh. That is there some sort of way that Taskmaster only like what if what if Taskmaster walks watches somebody very good at piano and then somebody very bad at piano? Do they average out or does Taskmaster have the ability to be like that person's good that person? That's what I want. I think to that's copy. definitely what it is. Is probably like I'm gonna copy that one instead because he's I'm probably watched a lot. To copy. Of, she, she has probably watched a lot of people kick. Mm. Yep. It's gonna be hard to not call Taskmaster he based on years of knowing who sure. Taskmaster is. Sure, because Taskmaster's male in the comics. Yep. Uh, I'm Carter, and if I'm Taskmaster, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get to many as as many winery tours as I can. You know, tasting that stuff, seeing how it's made. It's all kind of a the the big picture is to eventually be called Caskmaster, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cask of Amontillado Master. Yeah, yeah, Caskmaster. Yeah. I'm going for cat. I'm going for Caskmaster. Caskmaster, the cyborg sommelier. That's how much Edgar Allan Poe did you guys have to read? A lot. Lots. It's real dark for just. And I think it's Amontillado. I'm sure it is. It is. But I'm sure it is. There's a lot of stuff I say wrong. I don't appreciate how I'm being laughed at for pronouncing two L's next to one another. Listeners, stay tuned Sorry. in. I know the music fading in, but stay tuned in. We're gonna hash this out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.